I just got off a world cruise. It was four months long and me and my husband and our baby were one of the youngest people on the cruise. Everyone else was about 70 to 80. They were constantly asking like, how are you affording this world cruise? How are you on it? Are you working? And then once we got into working every single time, I was like, oh, it's really hard to explain what a blog is or like how you make money. Welcome back to the She Speaks podcast, and this is a new season. We are focusing on female influencers, creators, so women who have built amazing followings on social media, many of whom are able to earn a living and built a livelihood off of the fact that they share their lives on social media with others. And as I mentioned in the trailer last week for our new season, we are going to be focusing on the stories of female creators and influencers. There is so much misinformation out there. The influencer space is one that we've got loads of podcasts and documentaries and documentaries series coming out about influencers and they really do show one part of the influencer experience but we feel like there's a whole lot more to it and that's why we want to delve into it more with this series on female creators influencers we're going to talk about what kind of impact creators and influencers have on us how we think how we vote how we shop all of those things so today's guest we're going to kick off with a wonderful guest we have Michelle Schroeder today from making sense of sense and Michelle Schroeder Gardner is an influencer who runs a very successful blog and social media handle which I mentioned is called making sense of sense she started her blog in 2011 chronicling her journey of getting out of student debt in just seven months. So she was determined to get out of debt. She didn't know anything about how to do that. So she set out learning. And now from there, she really went into so many more things that money saving tips, business tips. So she has uh, 650,000 followers and she shares with them smart ways to make money. She's been named the finance blogger of the year from FinCon and she's been featured in so so many media publications. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation as we kick off this new season with Michelle Schroeder Gardner. Here we go. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to talk with you because you have done something that I think so many people are now kind of dreaming of, which is, I'm, you're going to share your story, but really kind of taking your life, figuring out how to get yourself out of debt, but also create this business for yourself that allows you to live life the way you want to. So <laughs> can you take us back to where you started when you started off as someone who had debt and didn't want to live that way? Yeah. So I started my blog back in 2011. Back then I had no idea what I was doing. I was actually reading Cosmo magazine and in it, they featured a personal finance website and it just kind of opened up the world of personal finance and early retirement for me. I started reading all these different personal finance blogs and they were talking about uh, traveling full time, retiring early, saving, investing, paying off their debt super quickly. And that just had me super interested in just living a different financial life. Like I feel like everyone was going in student loans, getting out a mortgage, just saving for retirement. 
And I realized that I could live my life a little differently. And I decided to start making sense of sense. And with that, I had like a big community of other bloggers and people who were interested in personal finance. And through that, I learned about how to make extra money, how to side hustle, how to turn my blog into a business, early retirement, basically everything I was talking about. And it just kind of opened up my eyes and I just live a different life now. Now I travel full time. I'm currently in my van. I live in a sailboat in the winter. And yeah, that's my life now. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> that's a lot. And But really the fact that you were so early to this, how do you think things have changed in terms of communicating your message since 2011? So back in 2011, I remember being told like blogs are dead, like don't get into blogging now, which is really funny to think about because I mean, there's still a ton of room today in 2023. So for someone to say that blogging wasn't a good thing to get back into in 2011, that just seems crazy because there's so much room for growth for blogging even today. Mm -hmm. So I was told that a lot. And but anyways, the message of blogging has definitely changed over the years. I feel like in 2011, it was more like a journal entry for me. I wasn't really teaching people about personal finance. Instead, I was writing about like my mistakes and what I was doing that day. It was more of a journal. Whereas mm -hmm. today, it's more like I'm helping people learn about different financial topics. And it's more like I'm teaching them things instead of a journal entry. So things have definitely changed. Just a few weeks ago, I actually deleted about a thousand blog posts for making sense of sense. And a lot of that was from my beginning. Mm -hmm. I do still have like 1200 blog posts left. So that just kind of shows you that the beginning... Mm -hmm. Things have definitely changed over the years. I definitely enjoy blogging more today than I did back then. I had no idea what I was doing back then. So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, one of the other things that I have to raise here is that you recognized the value and sticking with blogging mm -hmm. at a time where I'd say probably around 2013, 2014, and 15, people who maybe had blogs were saying, I'm going to kind of forget my blog and I'm just going to focus on social media, right? So a lot mm -hmm. of them switched to focusing on social media. And as we've heard these horror stories, Instagram, Meta, for example, mm -hmm. can decide one day your yeah. account is is suspended and you have mm -hmm. literally no way to get in touch with all of these people who you have grown in your audience. Yep. But if you stayed with a blog, that blog you own. No mm -hmm. one can ever say, you know, that is no longer yours. So it's like kind of the idea of owning something versus Definitely. renting. And I'm curious, especially given mm -hmm. what you teach people in terms of their finances, how you think of that idea of like the owning versus the renting, maybe if you consider social media, like a social media account <laughs> renting. So I am definitely a big advocate of having your own blog, having it be self-hosted and owning your own domain. So when I first started making Sense of Sense, it was actually on Blogspot. It was senseofsense.blogspot.com. Mm -hmm. And I want to say it was maybe six months or a year in Google actually deleted my blog on accident. So I had like a hundred blog posts or something and I had a lot of readers and they just deleted it for no reason. I don't know if I even got an email, but I was super shocked. I definitely didn't do anything wrong. I reached out to someone in the blogging world who happened to know who to contact at Google about them deleting my blog on accident. And thankfully I got it back, but I don't know. It was maybe a few days or a few weeks where I was in full panic mode that my blog was deleted. So right after that, I actually switched to self-hosted WordPress 
got my own domain and it's definitely something I really, really believe in just owning your domain, owning your blog and just owning your whole platform. Social media is great, but I definitely think you still need a blog to bring your readers all back to because like you said, you own your blog, you own your domain. Whereas social media, you don't know if there's going to be an algorithm change or if it'll be deleted or even hacked. I mean, people get hacked mm-hmm. all the time on social media. So I like to use social media more as like a side way to grow your blog or even just it can still be your main platform, but still have a blog to bring people back to just in case something happens, which you really hope that nothing happens. And nothing has happened since that day 10 years ago. But I mean, I definitely would not want that to happen again. Definitely not today. That would be mm-hmm. awful. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that. I mean, I I think too that I'd be interested to hear your perspective about how people have evolved their thinking too about this world of people who become influencers in an area of their expertise or something they know about where an audience connects with them on a topic like you have. And how that is viewed. I mean, I've had other influencers on the show before, and they have talked about the fact that people did not think what they did was serious and they didn't understand it years ago. Do you think there's been an evolution in how people view it? I think things have definitely changed. I mean, it is still hard to explain to people what I do these days. I just got off a world cruise. It was four months long and me and my husband and our baby were one of the youngest people on the cruise. Everyone else was about 70 to 80. So <laughs> then they were constantly asking, like, how are you affording this world cruise? How are you on it? Are you working? And then once we got into working every single time, I was like, oh, I have to explain what I do to 70 to 80 year olds. And that is really hard to explain what a blog is or like how you make money. They were all really sweet, but it was just funny to try to explain what a blog is over and over again. I really need to work on like my elevator pitch. I'm really bad at it. (laughs) But yeah, so I think things have definitely improved over the years. I mean, trying to explain what a blog is was like 10 years ago was a lot more difficult or how to explain like, oh, I make money on Instagram 10 years ago. I mean, that was really hard. I feel like people these days kind of understand like you can make money on Instagram on Facebook, TikTok. So I think things have definitely improved. I still think there's probably some room for growth, just like how I need to work on my elevator pitch. I mean, I'm not even that great at explaining what I do in one sentence or less. So I definitely think there's still room for growth. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many questions for you, but I do want to get into your part of your area of expertise. And let's talk a little bit about the debt. So you talk about the fact that when you started, you started with $38,000 in debt, Mm -hmm. and that was student loans. And you were able to focus on how am I going to get rid of that debt? And now Mm -hmm. you have this amazing thriving business. Can you talk about for people who may be listening, who have Mm -hmm. debt that they want to get rid of, what are some tips or like a couple of things they can think about to start dealing with that? And also the emotional Mm -hmm. weight or however you want to call it, of knowing that you're living with that. Yeah. So it was about 10 years ago when I was blogging on Making Sense of Sense in the very beginning. Everyone else was talking about how they were paying off their debt super quickly. And I realized I didn't want to live for like decades with my student loans, even though my student loan debt is seems much lower than what people are dealing with these days. I didn't want to deal with a $500 to $1,000 monthly payment each month for 20 years or whatever to come. So I found different ways to make extra money. 
pay off or creating a budget, cutting expenses, basically anything that I could do to pay off my debt as quickly as possible. My favorite way back then to pay off my debt and today is still to make extra money. So I was doing tons of different things, such as starting a side business, which was my blog, freelance writing. I was managing social media for other travel blogs and finance blogs. Back then, I was selling items online. I was mystery shopping. I was conducting market research studies. I was doing basically any side hustle I could think of back then. I was doing it so that I could pay off my debt as quickly as possible. And while it was super hard, I used all of my free time towards making extra money. I did pay off my student loan debt in just seven months. Wow. So it was, while it was a lot of work and no free time back then, it was well worth it. And I wouldn't change a thing in the world because I mean, it was seven months of pain and now I'm was out of student loan debt when I was like 23 or 24. So it was definitely something that I recommend. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. And it sounds like the way you approached it back then was just to buckle down, cut your expenses as much as possible, and also to, you know, find some side hustles, like, mm -hmm. you know, where you could earn money. So yep. why are we so emotional about money? What is it that <laughs> makes us as human beings so emotional? That's a hard question. I think there's a lot of different things. So money just controls so much of your life. I mean, you have to pay your bills with it. If something happens, something breaks, your car breaks down, you have a medical expense. I mean, you need money. You need money to live in a house. You need money to eat food. You need money for everything. So it makes sense that it's emotional. Your mindset definitely plays a huge factor when it comes to money as well. And I always recommend that someone has a positive mindset with money. That's because if you have a positive mindset, you might feel more motivated to reach your goals. You might set goals and actually achieve them. You'll see money as a tool to improve your finances. So money and your mindset makes sense that it would be so emotional, but there's definitely ways I think to improve it, such as just being more positive, which I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but I definitely think being positive about your money is really helpful. What do you want people to take away from your content? What are topics, some of the key topics mm -hmm. you cover? And what do you want people to be able to do through, you know, engaging and consuming the content that you put out? So I write a lot about making extra money and just finding different ways to side hustle or start a business or work from home. So I definitely think that I want people to learn about different ways to make extra money or make money in general. You don't have to go into a full-time job that's where you're working for someone or you don't have to commute every single day if you don't want to. Whereas some people I know love that. So, but I just want people to learn that there's different avenues to making money and paying your bills. Also just learning about early retirement, traveling full-time if that's what you want to do. Basically just living a different life. So like my tagline for making sense of sense is earn more, save more, live more. And everyone wants a different path in life. Everyone is different. So whatever that means for you, whatever that live more is, maybe that's uh, just spending more time with your family, traveling more, just sitting at home and doing whatever your favorite craft is, just whatever allows you to do that. But that's what I want people to learn. I love that. And, you know, in terms of thinking about how you help people make money, and a lot of that is focused on making money online, mm -hmm. what is one thing that people who have never even considered making money online should know about what the opportunity is for them? 
That is a tough question. I definitely want people to know that there's probably something for everyone. A lot of people think that online work is you have to be like super techie or you have to have uh, like experience in computers or just whatever that job is. But I definitely think there are a lot of different online jobs for pretty much everyone. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing and I found tons of different side hustles online. When I got into freelance writing, I had no background in that. Actually in high school, I remember my English teacher telling me that I was an awful writer. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so I mean, and I'm a full-time writer now and I hear that a lot from a lot of bloggers, their teachers all made fun of them. And I hear that a lot from other bloggers, which is really funny because now we all make a full income online. So just learning that there are so many different ways to make money online. So one thing I always recommend that people do is identifying your skills and passions. Just because maybe if you're good with numbers, you can become a bookkeeper. If you're, you like to write or you like to read, maybe you can become a copy editor, a proofreader, or a writer. Just, just kind of identifying what you want to do just because there are so many different options out there. Yeah. What are one or two interesting ideas for how people are making money online? I know you talked about you are a full-time mm -hmm. writer because you're doing your blog full-time and writing. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things that you've seen people do that are creative and interesting? Yeah. So there's a lot of different things. Of course, there's proofreading, uh, virtual assisting, writing. I've seen people create stickers online that they're selling on Etsy, printables, blogging. You could do transcription work. You could do translation work. There's just yeah an endless amount of online jobs. It would be hard for me to name them. I mean, there's probably hundreds of thousands. Definitely just find one that you're interested in. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. And, and we'll make sure to have the link to your site so people can go there, find the articles you've written about this and hopefully, you know, look for some of the mm -hmm. resources to figure out what might work for them. What is a digital nomad? We talk about the fabric for digital nomad. What is that? Mean? So a digital nomad, it could have varying meanings. But for me, it's just I work online on my business while I travel around the world. For others, it might be that they work for someone else while they can travel around the world. You might be in an RV, on a boat. You might take flights or trains. Just basically you're traveling and working at the same time. I love that. Mm. So you have been traveling the world on a sailboat, right? Part mm -hmm. of the time on a sailboat. What is that like for your family? <laughs> so we have been doing this for a little over five years now. Before this, we actually RV'd. Both are really amazing. They're both pretty similar. What thing I love about living on a sailboat or in an RV is that you never have to pack or unpack. You're just bringing your home everywhere you want to go. So if you want to <laughs> go to a new country or a new state, you're already ready to go. You just got to drive. So you can see all these amazing places. You can park right next to a hiking trail, right next to a really good diving spot right next to a beautiful beach and you're just there with your whole entire home and your kitchen and your bathroom and your bed. So it's really nice. One thing I really love about traveling full time is that you kind of go to maybe more unknown places and that's because you're constantly driving or sailing through them and you just get to stop and you just get to spend as much time as you want because your whole home is there and you really have nowhere else to be. <laughs> I love that. Well, and it, it kind of opens your mind to so many different possibilities. I think that's one of the things so many of us love about traveling. You know, you go to a place you haven't been before and it just opens your mind to a different perspective, right? I mean, it's yeah. just that just physically taking yourself from one place that you're usually and then going to another, it, it you can't help but have different perspectives. And you get to yeah. do this almost like on steroids. Right? Yeah, it's pretty nice. It, it is hard, but I do love it a lot. It's great. Do you see this being something you do like 
like long term, or do you think you'll you'll uh, sort of evolve in terms of the makeup of how you you all are living now? So we've been doing this for almost 10 years now. And in the beginning, I remember saying, like, I'll never live in a house again. I will do this forever. Um, things have definitely changed just because it gets kind of tiring constantly having to plan things more so in a sailboat, just because you're constantly planning around weather. Things are always broken. There's a quote that I read the other day that said, everything on your boat is broken. You just don't know it yet. And that is like really true in the RV or and boating world. So that's definitely the hard part. So I definitely think we will live in a house full time, maybe eventually. But I do really love traveling and my husband does and our baby girl does really, really good on the road and traveling. So we'll mm -hmm. be doing this for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Okay, well, what is one thing that would surprise people the most about living on a boat? And what is the most difficult thing about living on the boat? I really like night sails. And when you talk to other sailors, they all say like nighttime sails are just magical. You just get to look at the night sky. It's so peaceful. Sometimes dolphins join you for the sail for hours. It's just so beautiful at nighttime. But then there's also a lot of challenges. So at nighttime, I mean, things could go wrong. Weather, never know when there's going to be a storm that pops up. Of course, there's things that are always broken. Um, on the sailboat, it can be pretty hot at times, even though we have ACs. I mean, you are dealing like with the tropics most of the time. And of course there's hurricanes. So there's definitely a lot of challenges, but it is so beautiful. It's kind of like an addiction. <laughs> and if someone, let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, I really want to do that too. Do you need to get a lot of certification to be able to sail around like what what is required? no so you don't really need any certifications it really just depends on your boat insurance company so mm. for sailing catamarans these days which is what we have i've noticed that many insurance companies are requiring an instructor to sign you off so we had to have an instructor sign us off basically he joined us aboard for a few days saying that we knew how to turn the boat on. We knew how to dock it. We knew how to not catch it on fire, stuff like that. And I've noticed a lot of sailors are having to do that these days. For us, though, I didn't take any classes. That was like my class that week. My husband did take some classes. But other than that, you really don't need to do anything. But it's probably recommended that you take some courses just because it is such a steep learning curve if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So let's go back to the idea of making money online. There is a notion, which I'm hoping you'll first define for us, a term called affiliate marketing. Yep. That is one way that I know that a lot of people can make money online. So first, can you talk about what is affiliate marketing? Mm -hmm. And then what are some of the right ways to do affiliate marketing? Yeah. So affiliate marketing is when you try to earn an income on your blog or your social media accounts by placing a link to a product that you're hoping people will purchase. So on my blog, I might link to a personal finance app or a personal finance book on Amazon. And I'm hoping that it will be helpful enough that a reader will purchase the product through my link. It's my favorite way to make money blogging, my favorite way to make money through social media accounts in general anyway, just because you can make money while you're traveling, sleeping, and I can earn money from blog posts that I wrote five, 10 years ago. I'm still earning money today. So it's definitely my favorite. <laughs> I love that. So basically the asset that you're creating is all of this content and what you're teaching people and sharing with people embedded in that you're able yep. to put links that give people a chance to buy 
whatever product mm-hmm. or service you may be mentioning in your post. Is that yep. kind of the way it works? Yep. In terms of then thinking about the future for you and how you scale this beyond, I mean, you've scaled already, mm-hmm. yep. scaling it to a place that's maybe beyond even where you are mm-hmm. now. Is there a path forward for that for you? Do you see how that's achievable and where do you want to take this? Yeah. So my goal right now is just growing my blog through SEO. So I've always said in the past that I'm going to work in SEO. I'm going to grow my blog through Google and I've never really done that good of a job, but right now that's what I'm working on. I'm doing a complete web degree design. I've deleted over a thousand blog posts to hopefully hone down my niche. And that's my main goal right now because most of my traffic right now comes from my email newsletter, Pinterest, direct traffic, Facebook, stuff like that. So SEO is my goal right now. And I'm hoping for that to like really take off this summer. (laughs) And for those who may not be aware, SEO stands for search engine optimization. And what that basically means, and this is totally probably a lay person describing (laughs) it, but it's where you're hoping that the algorithm, right? If somebody goes to Google, for example, and Mm -hmm. searches for best money tips to get out of debt as an example, that hopefully one of the top results that they get when they search for that will be your blog post so that they go and they check it out. And that is the ecosystem you're talking Mm -hmm. about with SEO. Yep, exactly. So in thinking about the social platforms, you talked about how you get from your email newsletter, you've got a list and Mm -hmm. you've got your blog readers as well. If you think about the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok maybe, or maybe Pinterest as well, or sort of, are those the sort of key five that you engage with or any of them like more important for you? So I don't really do anything on TikTok. I have like a personal TikTok, but I don't have one for my blog. Pinterest is definitely one of my top ones. And lately, surprisingly, Facebook has been really, really good for me. Um, organic Facebook on my page. Sometimes I've been getting like 10, 20, 30,000 views a day from Facebook, which has been, I don't know, pretty crazy because I feel like it was pretty low for a few years there. Mm-hmm. So Pinterest and Facebook, definitely. And then for most other people these days, I have been recommending TikTok just because I've been seeing so many people see so much growth from TikTok. I'm kind of jealous that I'm not starting, um, but I don't know if video is really for me. It just seems like a lot of work right now with everything else that's going on. But TikTok <laughs> does seem really amazing for a lot of people. So the the sort of video version <laughs> of of the space is not the area that you're focused on. You're focused more on the written kind of the written. Yes. I like the written side of personal finance. It's just what I prefer, but I know plenty of people who love video and there's lots of room for that for, for both. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm curious, how has AI artificial intelligence, which I know I've been hearing a lot about how Mm -hmm. it can be really useful for writers. Mm -hmm. How has AI factored into what you do and do you see it becoming something that can make things a lot more efficient for you as you move forward? Yeah. So I have just been kind of dabbling in AI. I have used like chat GBT and then Koala Writer is something I have recently started looking at. I definitely think AI AI has a place in blogging, and I definitely don't think it's going to take over the blogging world or anything like that. I think there's a lot of room for growth. For me, I like to use like ChatGPT to kind of brainstorm outlines or even titles for blog posts or even just like a meta description for 
Google for me. So I definitely think there's lots of little things I can use it for. The other day I used it to help me write my own bio, which was kind of funny. I just said, who is Michelle Schroeder Gardner? Will you write a two paragraph bio for me? And that it was, it, it was actually really good. I was really surprised. It was much better than what I could write, but I had it write an about page for making sense of sense. And of course I'm like heavily editing it. It's not always right, but it does start you off with a nice little platform. And then I have been using Koala Writer for about two blog posts, which it helps me write the outline and helps you kind of just put everything together, but you're still heavily rewriting everything. It just kind of gets you off with like a good draft to start off with. And I've been doing the same, just kind of mm-hmm. dabbling a bit with yeah. ChatGPT and it's kind of unbelievable yeah. what it does. Yeah. I mean, I had it help me write a survey recently. Oh, and- really? It's kind of crazy. And you can, as you said, you can get more and more specific, you know, so that it kind of learns more about the topic that you're trying to write about or what mm-hmm. is what it is that you're trying to do. So it gets better and better as it goes. It is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see where it, it kind of leads us. My last question for you, where do you see yourself in your family in the next five years? I think it is a mix of still a lot of travel. We might get a home that we can all have our own bedrooms and fit in and just kind of relax in when we're not on the boat. But I definitely still see us spending most of our time traveling and exploring new places. We really love just kind of being on the move and seeing, meeting new people, trying new foods and doing all that kind of stuff. So I definitely still see us doing that for a while. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. If people want to follow you, where's the best way for them to do that? So the best way would be to go to makingsenseofsense.com if you want to read my blog post, uh, learn how to improve your financial situation. And then also my favorite way would probably be to follow me on Instagram, which is instagram.com slash Michelle Schro. I don't really talk about personal finance or the blog on there, but it's just my life and traveling and having a family and just the things I'm doing. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today and congratulations on this amazing life that you've, you've been able to build with your own, like really just by your own momentum. It's, it's amazing. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.